Hola, yo soy Margarita y estás escuchando Limehouse Podcast. This is Paddy Ashdown and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. What a good name that is. Hi, I'm Tom Brake and this is the Limehouse Podcast. Hello, this is Nick Clegg and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Because I'm not persuaded by the case for war. This is what positive politics can do. Welcome back, you beautiful human being, you. It's been a hard week. It's been another hard week. Cannot believe I'm saying that again. Um, having only run this podcast for six, seven months, half of that has been afflicted quite heavily by horrific, horrendous news. But, you know, we're all standing together. We're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. There are heroes out there that demonstrate themselves in London Bridge that, that showed precisely what the universe is capable of when presented with mindless hate. It's going to be okay. I really do mean that, okay? I, I This is coming from a place where my partner goes to work every day and I'm and it's quite hard to get my head around that. But I know you're, some of you are going to be thinking that and feeling that and experiencing that. But the possible, the chance of this happening are so minimal to you, a loved one, etc., etc. It has affected people, obviously. And my God, my heart goes out to those people. Genuinely, I was in Lisbon this weekend. Saturday evening, we got the word that this happened. And it was heartbreaking. And yeah, I'm going to stop talking about that because it's hard to talk about. But anyway, guys, here this week is Sarah Olney. Sarah Olney, the victor of Richmond Park. Uh, I, I went there about sort of uh, to Richmond uh, about seven, seven, eight, nine, ten days ago. And we had a good, good chat. I really enjoyed her energy. Uh, she's a fantastic lady. She's done so much work already within that constituency, you know, showing up Zach Goldsmith for who who he is, you know, um, rather, rather wealth, wealthy Tory boy. And and she's a real mum. She's a real mum. Hey, look, I, 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 I've seen her car. I've seen her car. OK. And, um, you know, it's <laughs> there you go. I don't know. What, what did I mean by that? I've seen her car. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, clearly I'm struggling. It's It's been a long week, you know, and, and we're, we're coming up to the finishing line of, of a general election that seems like it's been going on for 48 months. That, that's um, that's a long time. That's like a phone contract. Um, and it's been. I don't know what it's been like for you. I've, I've, I've heard. I've heard a lot of people saying that it's, it's been boring. But I don't know. I, I've, I've quite enjoyed it. The, 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 ex, the exposure of, um, or the exposing rather of, of Theresa May and her um, circuitry and her, her sort of ro- robotic function, sort of breaking down whenever remotely faced with a member of the public, um, and obviously her refusal, refusal, arrogance um, to go on any kind of. Um, public hustings on, on telly, uh, you know, absolutely outrageous. And I think we've learned that Jeremy Corbyn's good at his job. He's very good at it. Good at it. Um, I personally don't think, I don't want to do broad strokes too much here, but I'm trying to keep this under five minutes so it doesn't get boring. But um, I don't think he's going to do it. I don't. There's polls coming out that saying it's going to be like a hung parliament. I mean, what planet? What? 
sorry guys but that's not going to happen I, I don't want to like you know i know that your whatever opinion you you have a, of, of me it's, it's not exactly going to change your opinion I, I don't think you take any real heavy advice from me um i i think that from where i'm standing nothing has really changed people listen for what four or five minutes a day with a lead up for the week with the lead up to the general election and then outside of that's probably like five minutes a month to politics so really honestly you know forget about it Corb corbyn you know i think he's done damn well and i've i've really been quite excited by some of the stuff that um these how he's presented himself you know and um and the young people that have been involved it's been really exciting that whole movement has been very exciting but i don't think it's going to count for squat i really genuinely mean that and i don't want that to come across as like oh because i do consider myself as a progressive person i do feel that if jeremy corbyn does do well in this general election and he's able to to, to, to realize that that will probably be down to a progressive alliance of some description because it's not going to be down to anything other than that it will be down to the four or five thousand in each swing seat if he can tip his hat off to them at the end of it i'll probably get more respect or you'll get more of my respect and a whole lot of other progressives you know like um neil lawson for example or clive lewis in his own party etc etc but yeah so i i i base my fact on saying that nothing's going to change because i feel that this country's not ready for a jeremy corbyn and i'm not too sure they ever will be and that's a sad thing to say but we're we're in a terrible voting system first past the post we need we, we kind of need a shake up and the closest we're ever going to get to that is this progressive alliance so if you're a green uh, and you can help out a lib dem please do if you're a lib dem please try and help out a, a green and 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 likewise in in, in some late you know labor constituencies not constituencies but you know if you if you get my drift so yeah guys uh in, enjoy this chat with sarah she's a total total legend and a fantastic um mp and i hope she gets her seat back as ed davey as joe swinson and as vince cable should rightly do all right then i'll see you soon Ta-ra. oh hang on uh twit me up at limehouse pod it really it cheers my day up do it you know at limehouse pod on twitter just go, go on do it steve little's good at doing that tom tom turtle he's brilliant at doing it They're fantastic guys stuff yeah i lost chat with you in in the in port Collis house that's right yeah so you've been in in i don't know do you see office you've been in office like <laughs> that's an americanism isn't it i don't know i'd taken my seat yeah i'd taken so you've taken your seat, seat about, about yeah a, i don't know a few weeks earlier I yeah think. So it was really early on and i felt like i was following you in there from directly from sheen road after the um yeah. the, the uh, intense election pro yeah. well campaign yeah. process yeah. um how I mean, Zach. Zach's back. Yes. Was that? Did you know he was going to run again? Not or? remotely. No. I, I spent the week previous to his selection telling everybody that there's no way it would be Zach. Yeah. So that was my expectation. So I was really, really surprised. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And if he loses again, which obviously I hope he will, but if he loses again, imagine the humiliation. I just think yeah. that prospect of that would really put me off. Yeah. And. Uh, 
I assume that they put most people off, but obviously not him. No. I mean, was it was it a shock? Because it was for me. I, I was, oh my God, we've got to do that all again. Did you? Did you oh, the general, yeah. yeah. It's really frustrating as well, because uh, I think I've, you know, been an MP for about four and a half months, maybe yeah. about five months when it was called. And, you know, I just got to grips with staff. I just felt like I settled in. Finally, you know, I'd been quite reactive in that time. And I think I, you know, we'd just come back from the Easter recess. And I think I was finally kind of coming back thinking, right, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to get on with the other. And it was yeah. the day after the Easter recess that they called the general election. And I was just like, no. <laughs> so it was really frustrating having just kind of felt that I really was getting started and I could really understand what I needed to do. Yeah. Just all stop, you know, go back on the campaign trail again. Hey, look, talking about Zach and the campaign, we've got a bloody great plane flying over us. It's very difficult to do an outside interview in this part of London without constant plane noise. I mean, we do get some respite. We're supposed to get eight hours a day respite. Okay. Um, The government are actually planning to cut that to six hours, or maybe even four. Right. Um, But they have been very, very poor at communicating that to the public. Yeah, but how is the campaigning going in that? Obviously, you only got four months into yeah. before it was called, but the sorry, the, the third runway at Heathrow. Yeah, yeah. I've been really active, actually. I've been encouraging constituents to get involved in the consultation process, which closes next week. Um, I've been questioning the Secretary of State for Transport several times, not least over why they haven't been clearer about the fact that they're cutting respite. Uh, I had a whole Westminster Hall debate about the costs of surface access and road and rail upgrade and how that's going to impact the business case for yeah. Heathrow Airport. So um, so I've done quite a bit. Hmm. Um, you know, I've only had five months and I like to think I've, I've made the most of the time I've had. I, bet, I, I just didn't. I, I personally feel like if that was me, I, I don't, wouldn't even know where to start. So <laughs> I guess you sort of got like a... I'd, I'd be... I mean, you know, I, I worry if I've got to cook <laughs> and open a bottle of wine or a bottle of beer at the same time, you know. Um, but, hey, that's me. Um, it's just one of those things. And I, this has been my kind of where I've been, where my head's been at since sort of mid-October last year. It's like, suddenly it's, it's you and it's up to you and you've just got to get on and do it and there's no excuses yeah. and you can't delegate to anyone else. And when it's only you that can do something, you, you sort of forget about feeling worried about it and you forget about... Um, you know, getting panicked, you just get on with it and you don't have yeah. any choice, so you just do it. Yeah, um, so no, it's just for me, is it? Um, I mean, it's depressing that we're having to not to, to fight Zach and the Tories again. Mm, mm. Um, but how, what's the mood on the doorstep? I mean, is it, is it, are you because obviously all the data you've had is so yeah. fresh, it's oh, un- yes. unbelievable. Yes. Are you going up to the same doors and they've changed their mind? They're going back to Theresa, or? Um, I am finding that generally where we've canvassed people as Lib Dem in the by election, they're still Lib Dem. They were very pleased to see me win, they want to see me continue. So we're still getting a lot of very, very positive feedback. On the way here, actually, back to the office, I got stopped by three different people, all of who were saying, you know, really really want you to win again I'm going to vote for you and that was just in a very short space of time and that's not unusual so I'm getting a really really positive vibe out of certainly a a section of the electorate but the ones where they weren't quite so firmly in our camp in December um, or um, we were canvassing as either conservative or don't know there's a lot of uncertainty out there a lot of people are saying they don't know how they're going to vote this time they don't know which way to go and I think that's kind of people are looking at the current situation 
and they can't really tell what's going to happen next, which, you know, is, is, is perfectly understandable. And they can't tell what the different options are or how to use their vote to influence um, the next steps in the way that they most want to see it go because they just don't know. Yeah. And I think... I mean, it's hard for me to say because slightly bizarrely, this is the first time I've ever fought a general election <laughs> campaign. It's rather weird that I'm doing yeah. it as a sitting MP. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I feel that it's it's unusual to have this level of uncertainty in a in an yeah. electorate, a general election. Yeah. So we're with Sarah's car and um, we're <laughs> yes. very motherly. <laughs> and uh, that'll probably be me I'm in gonna, a few I'm years. We're going to get a new car. We were looking at a new car on Easter yeah. Monday. And we were going to, you know, we've always sort of bought outright in the past. And we thought, well, we'll just get, there was a three-year finance deal on it. And we're like, well, you know, we're not going to have a general election until 2020. <laughs> we could probably commit to a three-year finance deal. Yeah. yeah. And, we're, 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 and the guy was really keen for us to sign. And we said, well, we might, we'll come back at the weekend and we'll, uh, we'll come and sign then. Yeah. And the next day she called a general election. So we've, <laughs> we've <laughs> oh, put our plans for the new car on hold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we know what my... Uh, there's a lot. There is a lot of uncertainty now, Sarah, and you're and you're feeling it even yes, in, even right down even, to the car. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> wow. Um, so, I mean, I was at a, um, a Progressive Alliance, uh, what do you call it? Um, launch. That's it. A Progressive Alliance launch thing last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Run by um, Neil Lawson of Compass. Yeah, and yeah. Had some amazing speakers. Um, yeah. In fact, actually, a couple of people have had on the podcast, and I think. But it's only been going six months, six months, this mm. podcast. And already I was like, hey, man, that guy's been on my podcast. <laughs> that guy's been on my podcast. Good for you. Good yeah, for you. a couple of shout-outs. No, there weren't any <laughs> shout-outs. Um, but, yeah, and I, I, it just got me so excited, to be honest, about the idea of, you know, certainly tactical voting and what have you and trying to keep Theresa out. And Jonathan, okay, did you, I think you locked it. I think I did. Okay, I'm so bad. When I first got my first my, my first car, yeah. I went through six months of not locking it. <laughs> I mean, what? And it, what <laughs> never is, was this in London? Enough. No, this was down in Guildford, so oh. sunny. And in fact, it was out in Chiddingfold in, in the countryside. Oh, well, there you go. You see. Yeah. And I, I, some, <laughs> I leave my gardening van unlocked sometimes oh. overnight, <laughs> and I haven't got anything stolen yet. So yes. you know, everyone's away. Yeah, the others, but um. Because obviously round here is the majority is 1,500, isn't it? Uh, my majority? Yeah. 1,872. Wow, okay, there but you that's, go. That's from the by-election, and by-election turnouts are lower than general election turnouts. That's true. Although we, it was pretty high in Richmond Park, but it will be higher in the general yeah. election. So I think the question for us is how will those people vote who are voting now but didn't vote in the, uh, yeah. the by-election? Because the Greens were lovely and they stood down, didn't they, here? Yeah, One, yeah they stood down and then they helped. Um, well, I, I think they, I they, think did, they, they helped. They endorsed Yeah. Me. And do you think they'll be doing that again? They've, have they said that's what they're going to do? The, la- the lady there... Um, Andre Fries. Yeah, she, yes. was, she was there last night at the Progressive yes. Alliance thing. Yes. She was absolutely wonderful woman. She is very nice. She is a friend of mine and I respect her a great deal. That's yeah. Because I feel like the only way, really, that we're going to to really like take power away from, or at least, I don't know. I think in the short term, um, if if nothing else, if we're going to do agreements or, or, or whatever, and however it's going to work, in the short term, all we need to agree on is that if we can take power that way, then the immediate priority has to be 
a better voting system. Yeah. And then if we can get some kind of proportional yeah. representation um, passed through the Commons and you know made the the basis of a voting system for future elections, then I think we don't have to have an ongoing tactical alliance yeah. because the public will be able to make more nuanced decisions yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, they will have more power uh, to decide who, who they actually want. Yeah. Um, and then, so I don't think in the long term we will need a progressive alliance. But I think if we keep that as our goal, then I think there is some scope for collaboration. But quite yeah. what form that takes, I don't know. Should we just I keep mean, walking around? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, no, because that's pretty much exactly what they were saying. They were saying that, well, Jonathan Bartley from the Green Party was saying that the, the Greens, there's a pretty big chance that they're going to get absolutely um, cut to shreds in this, uh, cut to mm. ribbons in this general election. Mm. And then... It's quite interesting. It certainly, I mean, their vote share in the polls is going down, and I do wonder if it's Green voters sort of migrating to Labour. I, I, I have absolutely no idea. But my only, I, well, I probably I do. I, I think that there are there are a lot of um, Green Party activists that are stepping down in Tory-facing or Labour-facing mm. constituencies where they'd rather see a Lib Dem in mm. or you know a Progressive in, yeah. and they're laying down in front of the bus, and it's absolutely yeah. amazing that they're doing that. And and I think the Progressive Alliance movement last night is saying, look, we are a vehicle that is wants proportional representation, like we were saying, and 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 are willing to form this yeah. um, alliance so yeah. that one day we don't need to be around. And I think that's the easiest way to move forward as well because if we start saying that, oh, there's a whole programme of other stuff that we agree on, we want to collaborate on, yeah. then that's when it starts to become a little bit complicated and, you know, I mean, every party is already a coalition of people who believe different things but have, you know, stick together for the sake of getting a kind of a broad programme. So then to try and include other people from other parties yeah. in that. And I think it's very clear that, for example, the Lib Dems are seriously at odds with Labour on a range of different things. But if we can just agree on this one thing, that we yeah. want to see a fairer voting system, yeah. and that that's the goal of, you know, a, a progressive alliance at any one time, then I think that there's, there's a bit more scope there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just sad. I mean, I was down in Tom Brake's um, yeah. uh, constituency and, you know, that's one of the only, I think, five boroughs of London that voted leave. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously facing some serious problems with, yeah. with the UKIP vote. Yes, yes. Fleeing to the Tories. And, yes. And it's only, a, I think... A fifteen hundred majority there. Yes, I know. And it's pretty. It's, it's, worry. it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. You know, we've had a successor in Richmond Park, but I mean, yeah, you know, Tom, Tom's loved there's, down there. there is, yeah, there's no doubt that Theresa May's message is cutting through the strong and stable. However much it might drive the rest of us nuts, it's, yeah. it's definitely having an impact. Yeah. Um, and I just hope we've got three and a half weeks, or just over three weeks, to the election, and I just hope that there's time for people to back. cycle back a little bit from that and, um, and say, do you know what, actually, <laughs> I need a bit more of substance. I don't ju yeah. I'm don't. i not voting just for Theresa May. I need to vote for a programme of government. And I, I anticipate when their manifesto comes out later this week that there won't be a huge amount in it, that there won't actually be a programme for government there. There'll be some vague things about grammar schools yeah. and energy prices. But they're not going to be, you know, Labour, for whatever you might think of their manifesto, at least they've put forward some substantial proposals.
resource today and that's what we plan to do when our manifesto comes out tomorrow. I don't think we'll see the same thing from the Tories and I hope that there'll be enough people out there who'll be kind of like, hold on a minute, I'm being taken for a ride here, I'm being taken for granted. Yeah. The Tories, they just want to get a huge majority to do whatever the hell they like with. They're not going to tell us what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Uh, they, they just want a blank cheque for five years of doing whatever they like. And much as I'm worried about Brexit, much as I want somebody in charge of the negotiations who I feel I can rely on, um, it's not good enough for me. I need, I need to hear more from the Tory party. So yeah. I'm hoping that we've still got three weeks to go, that enough of that kind of message can cut through and that people will be like, I need a strong opposition as well. And in my constituency, there is somebody standing up for the values that I believe in. It's got a good chance of winning if we can just get behind that person. So yeah. I'm hoping that, that will, there'll be enough of that to get our existing Lib Dem MPs over the line and also to get a number of new ones as well. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I was out with Simon Hughes on, on the streets of Straits of London and... Um, <laughs> I, I was, you know, I didn't, I don't know why. I think I just didn't ask him, but about his prospects for the party in terms mm. of MPs, yeah, um, back in power. Yeah. And um, what I mean, what when you're just about, I don't know when you do your thinking, like because I, <laughs> I work on my own. I do too much thinking, I think. Um, but when when you're doing your thinking late at night or whenever it is, and you're sort of, you know, fantasizing about. What 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 could be the general outcome, the, yeah. the best case scenario? What's 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 the, what how does it play out in your uh, head? Do you know? I always say to everyone, I I hope we get double figures. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One. Kind of Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anywhere between one and ninety. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Seats, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Uh, um, but I, it's really hard for me to to say because. I mean, like I said, I wasn't around for the last general election, so I haven't got a feel for how this one is different. Um, and also, you know, I've concentrated all of my energies on this particular seat. Should we go mad and cross the road? Yeah. So although I've got a bit of a feel for how things are going here, yeah. I don't know how it plays out in other parts of the country. It, it just sounds so bloody complex. Mm. I've got to be honest, I was, I was very disheartened by the uh, council election results. Um, but at the same time, um, about 10 minutes later, I was like, why on earth would we go to the West Country that voted massively to leave and suddenly expect them to just yeah. come back to the D Liberal Democrats? You know, well, it's fine. I, I'm yeah. not really panicked by that. Yeah. Um, I think with the, with the council results, we did get quite a significant increase in vote share, actually. OK, that, that's yeah, very encouraging. Yeah. And in, certainly in the places that, where we want to do well next month we, we did do particularly well so it's not all doom and gloom I think you know one thing I've learned in my short period of time <laughs> in politics yeah is that you can't draw any conclusions about sort of the national picture national polling um, and relate them to specific seats because every seat is different and every yeah. seat will have a different set of circumstances and although the national picture and the national campaign is part of that yeah um, Every seat has local factors that will play a part. So in this seat, for example, um, you might look at the national picture and think, oh, easy Conservative win, but then you have to remember that the Conservative candidate is Zach Goldsmith, <laughs> who attracts significant negativity from many people. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, you can't always overlay the national picture onto any individual seat and pretend to know what's going to happen there. Yeah. And the second thing is... It's an, it's an interplay. You know, we can talk about running a good campaign and getting our messages out there, but our, 
chances of success are just as much impacted by what the other parties do. And I think 2015 is an excellent example because, you know, people look at the 2015 results and they say, oh, Lib Dems are punished for their part in the coalition and their collapse and everything else and everything else. But talking to people who were actually on the ground during that campaign and they say what really happened was that that Tory scare story of the last week about Labour and an SNP coalition. Yeah. And that was what encouraged lots of swing voters to go over to Tories in the last week or two. Better than ever, and, know, yeah. Yeah, and had yeah. it not been for that, the picture for the Lib Dems would have been very different. And so it wasn't our efforts, or even particularly what we did in coalition, although that, that definitely played a part, and I'm not going to say that it didn't, but the, the, the fact that our losses were so catastrophic was actually down to the Tory campaign. Yeah, they were. So, yeah, it was unbelievable wipeout. But yeah. I mean, we're not complete wipeout, but getting that way. And yes, I suppose for a lot of people, it's been a slow. The, Brit, the British people love an underdog, don't they? And yeah. I think a lot of people rejoin the party after yeah. uh, Cleggie's um, myself speech. included. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I joined. Yeah. And then left because I uh, didn't agree with the bombing of Syria. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know. Yeah, um, but then rejoined in uh, June. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose we might, you know, might have even joined on the same day, Sarah. You never know. <laughs> and, and just to think, I mean, I could have, I could have become a parliamentary candidate and. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, who knows? That's, that's again one of the other things is that you just can't tell what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we're, have, we're having this general election now, but within a few months of the new parliament, there'll be another by-election somewhere. Yeah. You know, someone will have stepped down or and have been a death or something, there'll be a by-election somewhere. Probably not as many by-elections this year as there might have been if we hadn't had the general election. Um, and the picture will change again. And in the course of the next five years, not everything will be straightforward. And I think as well we can't... You know, people are looking at the polls and they're going, huge majority for Theresa May. Yeah. What we don't know is whether those polls will actually just translate into bigger majorities for the Tories and smaller majorities for Labour in the seats that they already hold and actually not too many seats changing hands. Yeah. That could happen. So I think it's, it's very difficult to know at this stage what, how, it's going to, uh, how it's going to play out. Um, so where are, you, where are you going to be at election night? Are you going to be glued to the TV, to the radio <laughs> and then run down to the, uh, and the, to the count? Really. I have no idea. Like I say, this is the first time I've been involved in a general election of any kind so I yeah. have no idea what people normally do. I guess. I mean, sure, I, it's, it's, surely I it's a rerun of I your. I will be wanting to keep an eye on the uh, the overall results and see yeah. how, how things are developing. Yeah, it, I think it's going to be called out. Is it, it's going to be called, isn't it, with the um, uh, ten o'clock? It will be the exit poll. Exit poll. That will be interesting because yeah. it was very accurate last time. Very scary. Depressingly accurate. Scar- yeah, I know. I turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just turned it off. I just kind of knew it's a bit scary. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. There was an article in the New European this week about um, the, um, the, the U- UKIP being gobbled up by the Tory mm, party. Mm. And then that gobbling up process then yeah. infects and the, the, the Tory party itself. And Nick Clegg was saying yesterday on Newsnight that how, the, you know, it's become, the Tory party has effectively become a new party with the um, infusion yeah, of, of, of it's UKIP. Yeah, UKIP party now. Yeah. I mean, is that... I don't know whether that's too heavy a statement. I don't or think so. I mean, I think one thing we can take away from the local election results is precisely that, that the UKIP vote has collapsed. I mean, so comprehensively collapsed, I think they had a single councillor left <laughs> yeah. from all the seats they were defending. Yeah. 
Um, and it's absolutely clear that all of their votes, all of the people who used to vote for UKIP in that election voted Conservative. Yeah. And that is because... And I was on Any Questions the following day with Nigel Farage, actually. Oh, I've got, I've got to ask you about Which that. Which was horrid. Yeah. <laughs> he was horrid. Any Questions was fine. Yeah. Um, and, and he was... He couldn't have been happier. He was yeah. like, they have completely taken over our agenda. They're saying all the things now that we were saying five years ago. And he couldn't have been happier. Yeah. So in a sense, rather nastily, I feel like that's that's he's achieved exactly what he wanted. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's sort of, yeah, he said like Theresa May is just parroting everything I used to say. Yeah, and everything so, he was saying five years ago around the schools in Europe and all of this. Yeah. So there's absolutely no doubt. Um, you know, we don't need UKIP anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. if you want that kind of nationalist anti-immigrant, anti-European agenda. You just vote Tory. Yeah. So what was Nigel like then in the green room? Is he a... Drunk. <laughs> no, he was drunk. Oh, Drinking God. Drinking so much, he really was. But before or after? Both. Good God. Uh, yeah, he'd been in the pub, I think, for an hour or so beforehand and then arrived to the green room and uh, had two more glasses of wine. So I was sadly sitting next to him during the broadcast yeah. and he really smelled of Oh, my God. <laughs> But I tell you what is really interesting. He can put it away, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he, at some point in the show, he went off on this rant about how Europe is extremist and anti-democratic and all, yeah. all this Stan- rubbish. But you're watching him and you can see it's just words coming out of his mouth. Do you know what I mean? He's just yeah. performing for an audience. It's just a yeah. rehearsed spiel. And I contrast that with when Nick Clegg starts to talk about Europe and, and you know, what he thinks about it. And... The difference is palpable. You can tell that it really means something to Nick. He really, yeah. really cares. Yeah. Whereas Farage, it's just, you know, like I say, a performance Waffle. for an audience. Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? He's that chariz- charismatic leader, whatever. That, I don't oh, hate that word, charismatic, he, he because He may well be charismatic. Insult. I don't think he's a leader. Yeah. I don't think... There's a, quite a few people, I guess, out there who voted for UKIP, but the fact that they have deserted UKIP so comprehensively once uh, the Conservatives... Um, stole their clothes. I think it just goes to show that nobody really believes in Farage. Nobody really believes in his party. Nobody's really following him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, during that any questions, he was going on about how UKIP have been the most successful party of the last 20 years because... Um, because they, they, because of, well, quite. Because they won the referendum, and you'll hear me muttering in the background, wasn't UKIP, it wasn't UKIP. <laughs> <laughs> because I yeah. just absolutely hate that idea that UKIP as a party have been successful. They haven't. Yeah. They haven't been successful as a political party. They may well have succeeded in forcing you know, our party of government to adopt their agenda, yeah. but it's not because UKIP have been successful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, especially when you consider what the... What David Davis and, and a lot of people are conceding, and that's where, I, in regards to immigration figures and mm. who should be coming in, who should be coming out, everyone's yeah. deeply confused. Because yeah. once you, I, I can't remember who pointed it out in a really great observation, and pretty obvious to be fair. But once all the businesses have said no, we need mm. immigrants. Mm. You know, all the all the public sectors, yeah. Even, yeah. all the individual the businesses, services, yeah. the social care services, the agriculture industry, the construction industry, the retail industry, the coffee shop industry, yeah, uh, science and research, the universities, literally everyone you can think of. <laughs> yeah. So once you take away that lot, mm. um, when you've got well, Theresa May's tens of thousands. Mm. Oh, 
I suppose, the outlook for our country? Where do you, where, what do you think it is? I think, I think it's, it's just plain as the nose on your face to anyone who's paid the slightest attention that actually taking us out of the single market and trying to reduce immigration, which are two things that Theresa May has been very clear that she wants to achieve, it's going to have a catastrophic impact. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that people are concerned about the impact on public services of high level of immigration. Um, I get that people are concerned about the character of their communities changing. But I think maybe what we need to be looking at is a long-term reassessment of the kind of industries we have in this country, what our economy is built on, and what kind of jobs we want to offer to young people. Mm. Um, and the, the thing is, there's been a lack of investment in so many of our industries over so much, for so much time because the people invested them would invest in them would rather take the money out in, in dividends than actually put it back and invest in their industries. There's a lot of short-termism in this yeah. country. And that's meant that we haven't invested in new technologies, we haven't upgraded our processes, our manufacturing, our, you know, our machinery, all of these sorts of things. And that's meant that we've had lots and lots of low-skill, low-wage jobs for people to come in and do because we haven't replaced those jobs with um, upgraded technology. Yeah. Um, and that means we don't have higher skilled jobs um, for young for our own young people that they could actually train them train up to become engineers or um, software developers or something like that and we haven't provided a an interesting range of high school jobs for our own young people to do so yeah. they they're lacking the skills now um, to kind of develop our economy in the way it needs to yeah. go so it all comes yeah. back to the kind of economy that we've sort of chosen to have yeah. Um, and that's why we have such high immigration. Yeah. Uh, and you know we need to tackle the symptom rather than, or rather we need to tackle the cause rather than the symptom. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, and if that's if we want uh, a reduction in the long run of immigration, then we need to invest in training and skills for our young people, and and you know be a bit more proactive about the kind of industries we want we want to have here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's. It's just making those things more attractive. Is it more appealing, I suppose, isn't it? You know, yeah, to, to, people, to youngsters yeah. and also small businesses that mm. want to upgrade their staff. You know, mm. train them up to, mm -hmm. to to do more specific um, skill set work. We need to incentivise businesses of all sizes to provide training to their staff. Yeah. At the moment, it's too easy for them to just bring in somebody from abroad who's already got the skills, who's had their skills and their training invested in by somebody in a different country and then they come and bring them over here and I think we we take too much from others yeah brain brain drain yeah and, totally yeah. and then it's, it's it is depressing then that we do go abroad and or certainly call for help mm. and then have the audacity to say go home yes. you scum <laughs> bringing your vile <laughs> uh, you know I don't know what yeah. you call it um, I mean it does make me very sad society. as well. Yeah, enrich society, but mm. then they sort of mm. go home. You've I enriched our society, then go home. When I hear UKP-style politicians, but certainly Conservatives do this as well, but I re it really depresses me when I hear that oh, we want them to buy into British values and celebrate British values and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, well, what exactly are they talking about? And they're never very specific yeah. exactly what they mean by British values. Because but I, it really frustrates me, the idea that all the way all these people think that there's something inherently superior about Britain. Oh, it's genius nonsense, isn't <laughs> And it? Yeah. I find that really... And it's partly that whole attitude, I think, that has actually um, 
you know, contributed to where we're at today. But I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, Britain is a great country and it has many fantastic things and I love living here and I'm very proud to be British. But I don't see us as being inherently superior to every other country. <laughs> yeah. And the things that make us a great country also make France a great country and Denmark a great country and Holland a great country. And the idea that they're somehow unique to us is, is just a nonsense. And apart from anything else, other cultures... You know, they, they value different things, and I think we can learn from that. I think you go to some of these uh, Asian cultures or, or Southern European cultures, and you see they take much greater care of their old people yes, yeah, than we yeah. do. And I think we ought to learn from that, because it's something that we are shockingly bad at. Yeah, no, I, no, I completely agree. Just the narrative at the moment, it's very easy, it's very easy to get involved. Um, if you're not particularly, you know, um, athletic, like... Um, intellectually athletic I suppose or you know you sort of <laughs> yeah. if you're not used to engaging and then one time you engage and it's the referendum or you yeah. one time yeah. it, it's 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 sort of if someone's telling the narrative of you know you're they're coming over here stealing your jobs they're coming yeah. over here and draining yeah. the NHS yeah. then if you want to believe that and it's easy to believe then crikey yeah. You know, and also if you want blue passports, you know. Oh, that's, that's what we're wrenching ourselves away from Europe for, so that we can go back to imperial measurements and, and yeah. blue passports. Well, Should I'm we, sure um, it will all have been worth it in the long run. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm just very worried about how long the long run is going to be. It's going to be bloody whether it will be soon enough for my children or not. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, uh, should we head back to the office? Mm -hmm. I don't want to knack you out. You realise we've been walking <laughs> right, round and round and round. But, um, it's a nice warm day today. This is lovely, yeah. Um... So how are you doing anyway with the election compared to last time? Are you, it's is it it's different from last or? time. Um, obviously, I have to say, I'm, I'm the incumbent MP now, which is rather strange. Um, and it's a slightly awkward position to be in because, on the one hand, you have to answer to your electorate for, for what you've done uh, as the incumbent. But I've only been the incumbent for five months, so it's yeah. a bit of an awkward squeeze. Uh, you can, there's, there's plenty of room for people to accuse me of not having done stuff, but <laughs> I haven't really entered yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's Shouldn't be accused of being lazy, that's certainly Well, that's, <laughs> I yeah. hope not, I hope not. So that's a slightly tricky one. Um, but equally, you know, we've, we've got such a great springboard from all the hard work that so many people did during the, the by-election. We've got great canvassing data. Yeah. You know, we've got a great pool of people just waiting to take a state board and can already see if you've been around the constituency today yeah, that yeah. our stake boards are outnumbering the uh, Conservatives by at least 10 to 1, if not more. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, yeah. it, it's very strange being up against Zach again. Uh, there's a certain sense of deja vu there. Are you having hustings with him? Yes, yes. When's your, have you <laughs> had one? He to. He yeah. rang me and said he wanted to do any hustings. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, we've already committed to five, so you'll just have to... Zach Goldsmith <laughs> rang you up and said you didn't want one. I probably shouldn't say Okay. Yeah, oh, that's great. Starting next week. So and you don't, are you a fan? I'd, I'd be kind of nervous myself. I hate I hate sort of getting up in front of people. And <laughs> that's why. I think, actually, the hustings would be a lot easier this time. When I did them yeah. before, you know, I'd had no experience of doing it. Yeah. And I hadn't really stood up in front of people. I hadn't you know, done many speeches or many debates or anything. But yeah. five months of practice, I reckon, you know... Yeah. Plenty to offer now, so uh, and you know I've got my own record to compare to his record, so we'll be we'll be meeting on on more even territory. Yeah. Know. I'll actually be able to get. I've been a better MP than you were, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah. So that will make it, that will make it a different experience, I think. Yeah, no, of course. All right. Well, um, I'll say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Everybody's been there.
Right, well, there you go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading, streaming the podcast this week. Feel free to leave a review. Always helps. The reviews really go a long way to help. Um, you can do that on iTunes or tell a friend. Hell, you know, share it on Facebook. Uh, yeah, and uh, we're on Twitter, Limehouse Pod. Always enjoy the chat there. Uh, Tom Turtle, Steve Little, all, all the good, all the good people of, of Twitter Sphere. And um, yeah, c- carry on looking after yourselves. Look out for each other. It's been obviously another crap few days for the people of London and the United Kingdom and the world as as at large. Uh, 88 people losing their lives, 250 injured in Pakistan. Absolutely horrendous. We stand with you. We will stand with you forever because terror will not win. And on that note, guys, have have a great election. I hope it all goes well for for whoever you're placing your vote with. Obviously, I'm voting Liberal Democrat. I hope most of you do who listen to this podcast. If you don't, I'm not going to hold it against you. I still think you're beautiful. You know, I'm still going to, you can still come around for a cup of tea, okay? And I won't try and change your mind. But anyway, yeah, uh, look after yourself and I'll see you um, when David Dimbleby has finished with you. Bye. Bye.